So I think the Barbs was like, nah, bro, you're not going to play Nicki Minaj for no fool talking about the baby's going to get more money for a verse. Are you fucking serious? Like, as a new artist, I am not asking the baby for anything. Not a thing. Absolutely nothing. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South 706. Back again. Uh, episode 51.5. Um, you know, Chopper did episode 51 earlier, so go check it out. This is KTSC Av, where we don't do nothing, we just kick it. Uh, we are just doing episodes all willingly now. We have Marcus Sniffles with us. What's good? <laughs> nothing much. Just, uh, I guess, here to get my takes off. Get the takes off. Shout out to El Chopper for showing up earlier. Definitely shout out to El Chopper. Definitely subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your. Uh, Podcast. Um, <clears throat> so with the draft was last week. Yeah. All right. So we talked about the draft a little bit, probably in the last couple of podcasts. I guess the smoke had settled. Uh, the team that I support, the Falcons, did not take Justin Fields like I thought they may. Now, my official take was always best available player, which, according to them, was what they did. But shout out to the homie uh, Aaron Freeman on uh, Lockdown Falcons. He made the good point that if the Falcons were this locked in to Matt Ryan in the future, why were they so silent in the free agency? Because there were a couple of free agent offensive linemen that we could have picked up. And we didn't. But we went out and drafted two offensive linemen. Right. So the idea is that if you're locked in on Matt Ryan, why are you going to put two rookies in front of him to protect him when again as he's gotten older statistically it's being shown that he does not handle pressure as well as he did when he was younger which i can understand he's old he's been hit a lot like a lot a lot if you look at the number of times he sacked and arthur smith and terry font not think that two rookie offensive linemen are going to solve the problem along with kind of the essentially not patchwork but a little bit patchwork like uh let's see our center left uh ah drawing a blank, but he went to the 49ers, uh, Alex Mack, perennial pro bowler, went to, the, went to the 49ers to join Kyle Shanahan and now Trey Lance. And we are left with uh, Matt Hennessy, who played, I think, a little bit at guard. So again, our line is composed of a lot of new guys. When there were solid veterans to be had, you didn't take them. So that kind of tells me that maybe they weren't exactly sold on Matt Ryan, but the player that they ultimately wanted, which were in the streets, that was Trey Lance, was of course taken by the 49ers so we got kyle pitts i'm excited as far as madden is concerned because i'm going to terrorize people on offense because that's just not going to be fair but with the regular season is to be determined how it's going to go again our offense will be potent if everything clicks right we do have a bit of a weaker schedule this year so i think it possibly will give fans a little bit of sense of false security but i think with this uh regime hopefully we don't make the same mistakes that dan quinn regime made where Dan Quinn, he started off pretty good, like uh, record-wise, and he didn't really have to face adversity until later on in his tenure. And I don't feel like he knew how to handle it. He just kept on giving the same coach beast messages like, hey, man, fast and physical, you know, we fought like hell, blah, 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 all the coach speak, but really didn't make any significant changes to improve our team. So him and Thomas Mijov got fired. But this is my uh, done, my little rant on the Falcons, my little Dirty Burnish Report rant, but... Kyle Pitts, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we don't trade Julio Jones like the rumors are saying. But uh, yeah, the rumors. Yeah, the rumors. 
But the stuff surrounding the draft was interesting. I know I we talked about it last week as far as like Aaron Rodgers being the big story, essentially hijacking the draft coverage. Like that was kind of the most exciting thing that happened, even though it ended up being nothing to this point. But Marcus has a theory on what is going on with that. Well, I mean, it's not even really a theory. It's just like people, uh, Adam Schefter has been doing the rounds apparently, and people have been asking him about the Aaron Rodgers news that he broke on draft day. And he's kind of, I don't know if he's like trying to retract it or if he's trying to like backpedal this thing, but he essentially said like he just had an accumulation of information since the end of the pack season. And he just, you know, he'd been reporting like all offseason, all season, like, you know, at some point Aaron Rodgers is probably going to ask for a trade. He's going to want out of here, but decided to wait till Thursday to really like send the report or ESPN held it until the draft. And it's kind of like, what are, what are we doing? Like, is it, are we, is uh, Adam Schefter and ESPN, are they in the business of, you know, reporting the news and in, in sports or is it about entertainment? And I feel like the answer is in the question because the E and ESPN stands for entertainment and uh, that got more eyes on the draft. I, I, it didn't get me to watch the draft. Like I wasn't. I'm not watching the draft for anything. So unless my team has like the first pick, and even then, it's like, what's the point? I know who they're picking. But it's just kind of annoying to see kind of what sports media is becoming, where it's just like they report stuff just to get ratings for their show. They say things just to get you know uh, people talking on the internet so they can come watch the show. You know, they pick certain players to be MVP. Like, there's no reason for anybody to say LeBron's an MVP at the league. Like, there's zero reason. You can say LeBron is a top five player, but based on how many games he's missed, like, you can't make a case for him being an MVP right now. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's just not what it is, but there's still certain people in the media who are just like, yeah, LeBron James is proving he's the MVP by missing games and how the Lakers are struggling. I'm just like, it doesn't work like that. That's not how the MVP award works. Like, Well, it's, Simon, it's, with, that, with the whole LeBron thing, I've heard the same narrative that LeBron is essentially hijacking the NBA from the next generation. So I keep seeing these tweets, and I've heard people talk about it like Bomani Jones, as far as like with Zion. Zion is having an incredible career as of lately, putting up – eye-popping numbers, but nobody is talking about him because LeBron is still at 36, the face of the NBA, and I don't necessarily blame him for it. It's just an easy media narrative for a place like ESPN. I, like, I remember when uh, when LeBron went to the, to the Heat. Like, if you go, if you went to ESPN.com, you hit, you hit like, hit on NBA, the NBA tab, and then you go across and have, like, stats, um, standings, whatever, like, you know, assist leader, whatever. There was another tab that said heat index. You click that and it's just everything about the heat. Stories, rumors, whatever, videos, pictures. They had a whole like tab dedicated to the heat. And like could you imagine that now? Like it's it's just like that's what they that's what they're used to. They're used to being like, all right, LeBron is who we're gonna talk about. LeBron gets ratings, LeBron gets eyes, he gets views. He gets conversations going, and 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 I get it, but it's, it it is kind of annoying. Like I like watching LeBron; I think LeBron is great. But like you said, Zion is playing great. Uh, his team isn't playing that well, but Zion is playing great. He's the number one overall pick. You should be talking about him. You know, I, I like how uh, they've kind of shifted some of the focus to Steph Curry. 
because he's playing great and he deserves some shine. But like, you know, Chris Paul, I think the the Suns are the number one seed right now. I feel like they should be talking about him more as a as a as a legitimate MVP candidate. The Nuggets, they're like people know Jokic, but who else do people like? Who else does the mainstream media mention from the Nuggets? And it's just like, do you want people to watch your show? to be like entertained or informed and ESPN is going for entertainment. I don't know what Fox sports is doing, but the, uh, same thing. It's, it's all the same. Like ESPN kind of, <clears throat> you could probably say ESPN is the uh, MCU of sports entertainment. I guess that, that brand, because like Fox sports network is doing the same thing with the whole skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Like, I think I saw a clip because I do not watch this show, but I saw a clip where Skip Bayless was saying he would take Tim Tebow as a blocking tight end over Shannon Sharp. See, and I'm just like, I'm not even wherever that conversation is going. It, I have no business paying attention to because it, it's just a bunch of nonsense. But the common run of the mill everyday fan or person just likes to look through the channels and see sports stuff, they're, they gravitate to that nonsense. So I'm just like, again, outside of anything that's related to Bobani Jones, Max Kellerman here and there. I don't watch ESPN. I, I just don't care because it's a bunch of nonsense. It, and I agree. They are going with the whole entertainment thing because they're going to kind of like maybe the Falcons did. They might be dropping the ball on transitioning to the future with riding. It's kind of a great parallel because Matt Ryan also is 36 years old. They're kind of hanging on to Matt Ryan when they could be transitioning to the next thing. ESPN, same thing. They could be focusing more of the cover, coverage on the Zions, maybe the, the John Morant's of the world. Well, yeah, that, no, that, players. But here's the thing: like, they don't have a reason not to focus on other players in the NBA, not named LeBron James. Like, if you could probably look down every roster and find a compelling story or a player that's worth talking about: Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Giannis, Katie, Kyrie, James Harden, the Knicks as a whole. Like, the you don't even have to talk about a particular player, but you can just talk about the Knicks being in the playoff hunt. That's good enough. You have Trey Young. Jimmy Butler, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, LaMelo Ball, the Pacers, whatever. Like, that's one of those teams that you don't have to talk about. Uh, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think Zach Levine on the Bulls. Um, um, what's that dude's name? Kyle Larry still uh, over there in Toronto. Uh, Siakam's still in Toronto. Orlando's kind of punted on the season. Like, Orlando, Cleveland, Detroit, like, they've kind of given up. But in the West, I just looked it up. I thought it was Phoenix that was in the one seed. It's Utah. <laughs> Utah is the number one seed. They're not going to, like, it's one thing to be like, I don't want to talk about Utah, but you don't want to talk about Donovan Mitchell? Like, Donovan Mitchell is a young player who plays well. He's an all-star player. He's a he's a wing player that shoots a lot and scores a lot. Like, how is that not something that you could talk about? And then the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, the Clippers, obviously, Denver, we mentioned earlier. Like, for some reason, the, the media is fixated on Luca because they they picked him coming into the season. They were like, Luca's gonna be the MVP. Like that was everybody's preseason favorite, and he is clearly not that, but they still have to talk about him to kind of justify their read. He's still in the conversation, even though he shouldn't be. But like, like I said, you can go through every team and, and find something worth talking about. Well with the Luca thing, I have to see the numbers. Maybe they're like, hey man, it's been a while since we had a white star ish, even well, that, that, that's it. But let's uh, let's pump this Luca thing to get more viewers. I know viewership has been down this season overall as well, too. So, but yeah, but this would have been the year. This would have been the year because LeBron has missed a lot of time. 
while he's out, talk about someone else. So people are used to hearing about these other players. So when LeBron comes back, we're not, it's not weird for you to be like, all right, we're coming in from break. We're talking about the, the Utah jazz or we're talking about uh John Morat from the, from the Grizzlies. Like, Talk about so you had an opportunity, you had perfect opportunity, and you missed it. I mean, it's slow hanging fruit. I even saw an interview. I don't know if it was through ESPN or through the Falcons, but it was a. I think it was through ESPN, if I had to guess. But they were asking Howard Pitts just random questions, and of course, one of the questions was like, "Hey, who was your?" I don't know how they framed it, but it was juxtaposing who was better or your favorite player, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And I'm like, it's, it's just one of the things where you know that that's going to be a hot button issue. And mind you, just looking when Kyle Pitts was born in 2000, you know what his answer is going to be. But yeah. they know that that's how they drum up attention and clicks and views. Like, oh, I can't believe you said LeBron James. He's born in 20, in 2000. Like, he's probably never seen Michael Jordan play. He probably didn't even you know see Jordan. He, he probably barely remembers Jordan on the Wizards. Exactly. So, but again, you throw LeBron James in there, you can automatically slide Michael in there and get a reaction or get a discussion going. So it's it is what it is. It's the same thing with the Falcons. All you have to do is slander Matt Ryan or slight my, Matt Ryan or Julio Jones or talk about either one of them being traded, and you're getting retweets, you're getting engagement, you're getting those clicks. So it, it's the game. That's that's what they're doing. It's it's too easy. Falcons too easy. Y'all y'all not y'all, but y'all listening. You guys are y'all are something else. It's it's a lot of hit dogs hollering in Falcons Twitter. I'll say that. Like, I don't know what we're talking about next, but the I, I did the um, I asked the question because I was watching. I saw like a they did like a Instagram post on it. It was like it's been ten years since Derrick Rose was like the youngest player in any sport to win the MVP. And I was looking at it, and um, out of all the NBA MVPs to ever win that award he's probably the only one that won't make the Hall of Fame. Like, if you look at the last couple MVPs, like, James Harden's going to make it, Giannis is going to make it, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, um, Giannis, I probably think I already said that, Westbrook. Um, who else has won MVP lately? Uh, either way, everybody that's won MVP since I've been alive is going to make the Hall of Fame, except for probably Derrick Rose. Not for any fault of his own, he just got hurt and missed a lot of time, and his stats have kind of you know, gone down. He's kind of become a role player. So I was like, how could Derrick Rose get into the Hall of Fame? And I'm like, well, maybe if, maybe if the Knicks somehow won a ring. If you win a ring with the Knicks, you're pretty much golden for life. So, and then the New York's in the media capital, so they're going to pump him up a little bit more. So it's like, okay, is Derrick Rose the answer for that question? So I asked him, I was like, hey, who's the player that if they won, if they won one championship would be uh, – put in the hall of fame and I, I was that's all i was thinking about and about three falcons fans came in my mentions talking about you need to stop talking about the falcons blah 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 you're always talking about the falcons leave us alone why don't you go worry about what the culture is i'm like there is nothing falcons related in this tweet not a thing i was literally talking about basketball and then you come like it just like it just seems like they're just super sensitive, and they just have a, their high beams on. It's not that they aren't are acting super; they are super sensitive. Yeah, That's they are sensitive. And it's just it, it was just it was just weird because I was like, I was thinking you know people were gonna say like Chris Paul or Melo or something like that, but you know they automatically went to like Matt Ryan. I'm just like, so you guys don't think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer now? Because that's what y'all been telling me. 
Y'all been down my throat telling me that Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer already. So now it's he's not a Hall of Famer without a ring? Like, which one is it? And I wasn't talking about y'all. Like, get over it. Like, everybody ain't talking about you guys. Like, literally, everybody's not talking about y'all. It's just... It's just... Yeah, I saw it. Uh, that <laughs> like, boy, VA, came in there, the homie, uh, Sammy Socialite jumped in there. Came in there with all the smoke. I'm like, I'm like rereading the tweet. I'm like... Did I retweet something Falcons related before and then tweeted that? Or did something happen? Did I miss something? Did I did I misspell a tweet? But it's just like, it's always stop tweeting about the Falcons, but I tweet something about the Browns and I don't hear nothing from Browns fans. I tweet something about the Steelers. I don't hear nothing from them. Tweet about the Titans and the Jaguars. I don't hear nothing from them, but I say one thing well, about... To be fair, your, your Twitter is probably more Falcons fans than either of those. Nah, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Like, even in other sports. Like, even, like, the Lakers and... Like, I follow fans of other sports teams. Like, it... it and they follow me. Like, I don't I don't understand. I just think... Fal- well, I know Falcons fans are the most sensitive fans on Twitter. Like, that's... Well, hands down. So, since we've dove back to the Falcons, I will say ah. that... <laughs> one thing that I see on my timeline that I'm just very confused about is that the people that feel they continuously need to address these Matt Ryan quote unquote haters, like oh, all the time, all day, every day, like, oh, all the Matt Ryan haters are upset we didn't draft a quarterback, ha 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 ha. And then, like, I think NBC posted, like, oh, the only quarterback to do X, Y, and Z stat wise, blah, 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 blah. It's Matt Ryan and tweet. Falcons fans was like, oh, Matt Ryan, blah, 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 he's still good, blah, 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 haters, haters, haters. I'm like, why do you engage with these people that hate Matt Ryan, first of all? This must be like a daily occurrence because I see these tweets every day. If there's somebody tweeting nonsense about football or Matt Ryan or things just don't make sense, then I'm just going to mute them or block them. But I feel like they get like energized off being able to say Matt Ryan haters, and they're just kind of ignoring logic. So, like, the homie Aaron Freeman, shout out to uh, Lockdown Falcons, when they posted that little propaganda tweet, and that's what I call all Falcons stats tweets. They're all propaganda because it gets the Falcons fans riled up. But he said essentially that, yeah, these stats are cool for Matt Ryan, but, like, I would rather have wins, if that makes sense. Like, let me talk. I'm going to find the tweet real quick. And, 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 and also, and I've, I've said it before, like, Drafting a quarterback when you have a quarterback that's over 35 years old is not saying that, you know, you hate your quarterback. You just you're in a position to transition to the future a little bit more seamlessly because like the likelihood of the Falcons being having a top five pick, much less a top 10 pick with Matt Ryan is pretty slim unless they unless they tear it all down. Like unless you want to go through like the shitty like season where you're like sucking for luck and all that stuff you're it it's, you had the opportunity to have a quarterback that could learn from matt ryan and figure it out and, th- and this wasn't um this wasn't a green bay packers thing where they drafted i th- i think jordan love was like the fifth fourth or fifth quarterback taken in that draft you had the opportunity to get a top three quarterback in this draft and you kind of you missed it up and I know people are talking about this whole like, oh well, you know, the uh, Matt. We got to prove that Matt Ryan here is wrong. Like, Matt Ryan still has to come out here and play well. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a guarantee. Like, like you said, they have two rookie offensive linemen. They lost their center. Like, 
he still has to come out here and perform. Like we don't, we don't with know when it's going to happen with another new offensive coordinator. With another offensive coordinator. Like we don't know when it's going to happen. Like what Brett Favre. Brett Favre was in the NFC Championship in the running for the MVP. The very next year, he fell off a cliff. Like he was terrible. Same thing with Peyton Manning. It had like we don't know when it's going to happen. Like Tom Brady could start next year and just be ass. We don't know. God it can God. happen. <clears throat> Yeah, so Aaron said stats are nice and all, but I'd like to see the Falcons be contending a contending team in January more than anything. So that that's my thing, guys. Just relax. And again, 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 if Justin <laughs> Fields comes out here next year for the Bears and is lighting the world on fire and looks like he is a future franchise quarterback, again, it's just going to be one of those things where you're kind of shaking your head like, man, like, so okay, it's going to be two things. If the Falcons have a mediocre season, which a lot of people are predicting record-wise, and let's say we don't make the playoff, Mm-mm. right? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Look at the division. Like maybe Tampa Bay, but like the Falcons should be at the at the worst second in the NFC South, at worst, and they should have a winning record. All right, well, we'll hold that thought. So Lee says in the chat, why does he get the blame instead of coaching defense who, GM? Who I don't know. There's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> logical Falcons fans understand this, but there are other people in Falcons Twitter that are, they don't have any sense. They just be saying shit on Twitter. So again, yeah, I 100% blame the, the front office. The entire 2020 draft is out of the league. Like they're not on any teams. Our shit, let's see, Vic Beasley, first-round draft pick, not on the team. Tack McKinley, a recent first-round draft pick, not on the team. Like, that's that's clearly on the front office. You know what I'm saying? But we can't act like Matt Ryan doesn't have his faults as of lately, which I understand it's not the greatest situation, but he's not perfect. That's what I'm saying. Matt Ryan's not the reason they lost games, last year at least. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him at the top of the list of like, well, why did the Falcons – why are they at the top of the draft this year? I would probably go like defense, coaching, incompetence by certain I say, players. I say coaching, and injuries. then is directly tied to coaching. yeah injuries. Like Julio missed a lot of time. Like Matt Ryan played pretty good last year. Like he's not the reason the Falcons were ass last year. Like he did what he he did what he could, and it just it wasn't enough. Yeah. So again, I again, hopefully, I want to see Justin Fields be successful. But if he's successful, and the Falcons aren't like you said, a playoff team then we were going to be kind of scratching our heads looking at the front office like, I get best player available, but again, if we have Kyle Trask throwing to Pitts in three or four years, it's going to be for nothing. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Like, I, it's uh, we'll see. Shout out to Justin Fields. I hope he balls out. I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does with 49ers. Very. Like, that could be a problem. But I mean, shout out to the Falcons, man. Hopefully, uh, they make the watching the game fun again. Cause I get I stopped watching shit at like week nine. I ain't watched a scene. <laughs> I got better things to do in my time to watch those losers. So yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough season for sure. Well, so Lisa's hometown kid, the hometown team is risky. I mean, sure, but. Rolling out with a 36-year-old quarterback with a new offense coordinator, new GM, and head coach is also risky. 
like in the long run, which one is probably going to be more fruitful? And I'd probably say going with the younger quarterback. Yeah, and there's also the offseason. And he's he's in Chicago. Like, Chicago's not, like, a terrible city. Like, it's one of the top top cities to, to visit and live in. So, And he's, he's in his 20s. He's a millionaire. Like, it doesn't matter where you go. It's risky. The whole, if you're in Buffalo, if you're a young black guy with millions of dollars, the hoes will find you in Buffalo. <laughs> they might have a gun with them, but they will find you. I'm worried about Griselda finding me in Buffalo. So you, if you're in Buffalo, you need to link up with Griselda, pay your fees, you know, pay pay show some pay respect. Show some respect. You know, what I'm saying, Let know nope, you don't want no problems. You know, what I'm saying, push their push their music, retweet them a couple times. They'll be all right. But yeah, just off our mini Falcons rant. But yeah, back to the just to stay on football. Just the idea, it doesn't surprise me that ESPN would be making up, essentially making up stories for ratings, kind of with the Kyle Shanahan, Mac Jones thing. Like anybody logical could tell you that there was no way in hell they draft that dude with third overall pick because it just doesn't make any sense. So pretty much what happened with that is the story wasn't vetted. Somebody said something. Somebody close to Kyle Shanahan said something, and ESPN ran with it. And again, Gives them stories, gives them something to talk about, gives them engagement, gives them some some controversy. But we knew it was going to happen. But again, they got what they wanted, so I, I get it. They got to they got to sell seats, they got to sell clicks or whatever they do, sell advertisements. So, but I mean, I don't watch that shit, so I don't care. But along with other shit, I don't watch is uh, bad rappers. <laughs> so. Uh, I had to say, if you have to go to a rapping boot camp, you fall into the category of bad rappers, which oh, is Sweetie. No. Um, she is of the fame of dating one of the, the Migos. I don't know which one it was, but they had a uh, fake Jay-Z Beyonce moment in the elevator, which that kind of came and went really quick. Yeah, a lot of people is. were saying, yeah, people were like, oh, he beat up a woman and blah, 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 blah whatever. Came and went. So I guess Sweetie went to she's at a rap boot camp to improve her craft, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trash or something, you need to get some reps. You know what I'm saying? You go to the elite D League, do what you gotta do. But I feel like a professional rapper who's been in music videos, been around other big artists, has some notoriety, shouldn't be out like at a random fair performing in the streets, essentially. I get it. Maybe she has to work on her, you know, stage performance. Maybe she has stage fright. She wants to start a small venue, but that's a bad look. That's a bad look for all parties involved. It looked like there was a shoebox with a cardboard sign asking for money. <laughs> like I'm mad confused. It, it, it just kind of emphasizes. It just makes it more funny that whatever the Migos she was dating took back her Bentley. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rapping on essentially on the street corners for for money, like if you're out there at a boot camp, you don't need to be getting donations. You're there to improve your craft. This isn't a a revenue building event because <laughs> it just makes it look bad. Like, hey, look, I'm here. I'm just you know, let me know how I did that type of shit. But don't be out here with a cardboard cutout as for money, man. Like that's that embarrassing. Part, that that was the part I was like, that's that's not a good look. Like I I think it's more so just kind of getting back out there, maybe having a little bit more interaction, you know, trying to build up a, a fan base, maybe. Uh, I don't know if this was like a planned performance or just like a pop-up type deal because it didn't seem like it was set up really well. Like it just seemed like they just had a speaker in the back and, a, you know, a mic. 
in a cardboard box. So I, I respect the I respect the hustle. I, I I would actually like to see this from a lot more uh, rappers, female and male rappers, when it comes to live performances. Um, you know, your breath control cadences, things of that nature. Because this one thing, like, and I'm wait, I, I'm waiting to see um, Cardi B go on tour because I got questions. Because I hear the way she talks sometimes, and then I hear the way that she raps on records, and I'm like, I need to hear her rap that live. Because at the Grammys, she did not rap live. I don't think she's ever rapped live before, actually. Like any major award show she does, she's lip syncing. So I need to hear some of these raps that she's spitting on these, you know, songs. I need to hear her spit those live, like because. There's a lot of, I'm not saying there's like big words, but there's a lot of syllables in some of these words that she's rapping at a very high rate. And she's like, she's got like a speech thing where it's just like, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> like, I need to hear you do that. Like, I don't know how they like copied and paste some of your, your bars into some of these songs to make it sound seamless. But I respect Sweetie. I, res- I definitely 100% respect Sweetie for what she's doing. She saw some deficiencies. And what she's doing, and she's like, let me work on this. Because at some point, I guess we're going to get out of the pandemic at some point. And she's like, we're going to start doing concerts and tours. I want to be at my best. And, you know, you got to start somewhere. So do they have also a nutritionist to work on her diet? Like, that probably should be probably number two on the list. You know, if you're going to be out performing in front of That would help. Yeah. You got to make sure your stomach's not bubbling from eating pizza with ranch and spaghetti and ranch and I don't know, all kinds of wild shit. Dorito being, movies, like she's wild. She being crazy. in shape will definitely help with your, uh, your like cardio is very important for performers, rappers, singers, anybody, podcasters. Like you gotta have your voice. You gotta be able to talk and sing and rap for a long time without being winded. And I don't know if Cardi and Sweetie can do that on the diet that they have going right now. <laughs> Unless you just lip sync it, sync everything, which is, I'd be so mad if I went to a concert and they're lip syncing. I'd be so pissed, like super. I'd want my money back. I'd be mad if I was going to a Cardi B concert where she's the headliner. That's probably that, something. No, that's that is going to happen. That's a hundred percent going to happen. She's a Grammy Award winner. It's going to happen. She's a platinum selling number one record, number one single, number one album. Yeah, she's headlining. Headlining her. It might not be as. Uh, Arena tour, but whatever tour she goes on, she will be the headliner. Guaranteed it. Not for me, because I will not be. <laughs> Shout out to Sweetie. I get what you're doing, but you got to you gotta move a little bit more better than that. But yeah. yeah. Good, Maybe your, good, people good need to go to, your people need to go to a boot camp, too, to like set you up a little bit better. Like, he, like she could have been on a treadmill rapping. Like, get on a treadmill, get a mic and rap while you're walking and running. Like. Do that. That's cool. Well, she, that might, she might have a thing with maybe stage fright because she was at a very small venue there. So maybe she's just working on rapping in yeah. front of people. But really quick to stick on rap. I know we talked about this on episode 51. This is 51.5. So go back to episode 50 with me and El Chapa. Uh, we talked about the tweet from uh, Hip Hop by the Numbers that was I learned during that episode was deleted, talking about the cost of guest feature versus for artists. So I saw the delete the tweet because I read some of the comments and people were kind of going at him. I feel like, to be honest, the Barb's got that tweet deleted because they were like, there's no way that a verse from Nicki Minaj cost less than the baby. Like they said, I think it was like $250,000. $250, 
So I did some Googling, you know, some extensive research, and I found an XXL article essentially parroting the same thing he said with one change. Someone here says, how much it cost to get a verse? So I think the Barbs was like, nah, bro, you're not going to play Nicki Minaj for no fool talking about the baby's going to get more money for a verse. Are you fucking serious? Like, uh, Polo G, I'm not going to lie, I've never heard a single Polo G song. 85K. So I, I was curious to your thoughts on that because once I saw it was deleted, I was like, oh shit, let me let me go check some things out. And then the second part of that question they asked in that tweet that was deleted was how much would a, ver a Drake verse go for if that's what they're commanding? So, I mean, uh, when Nicki Minaj was first coming out, she wasn't getting paid like that much for a feature in Drake. Like a lot of artists, a lot of artists don't come out and command a lot of money because they don't bring a lot of money. And I think at some point, the baby, a verse from the baby was worth $300,000. Like, it, But it was like a quick, like, quick spurt. And and we have passed that because he has done some features recently. And now I have that number in my head and I'm like, all right. And, then, and actually, uh, Michael Pratt, shout out to him. He mentioned something about like, because this was a reference in that article. He was like, okay, now do an article about how many of these artists actually get paid that. So... Now when I hear the baby or uh, baby verse, I'm like, all right, three hundred thousand for this. This is what you pay for. So it's one thing to pay like a Nicki Minaj or a Drake a certain amount of money for a verse, but you know that Nicki Minaj. We'll talk about this later. We know Nicki Minaj is going to put hundred and ten percent into a record. We know Drake is going to put hundred percent into a record, and even if he doesn't, his name still carries some weight. Your his name will get you streams that you normally might not have uh, gotten previously. Nicki Minaj so, is the same way. Jay-Z is the same way. So Kanye with West. the Drake thing, we, we briefly talked about this being El Chapa, but hypothetically, if Drake had a price for a verse, which I, I don't think he does, because I think the stuff that he raps on, he generally likes the music or the artist or the song at the time. So I think he wants to do that, and it just happens to be a good look for the upcoming artist. If he's not stealing from them at that time, but <laughs> how much do you think a verse from Drake would cost? I threw out the number a million dollars. If I'm a new artist, I don't want a feature from Drake. Honestly, I don't. Because unless unless you're an artist who like you know like this album is going to go like my entire project is a banger. Like every there's more than one single. Like you can't be one of these up and coming rappers who only has one song. And you get Drake on a feature because he's just going, it's going to become a Drake song. And now they're going to forget you. So, so that's what I said. That's what I said to El Chapo. If, if you yeah, were a SoundCloud rapper that. who could gather $1 million, I would yeah. rather just keep the money. Because the buy, amount buy some of beats. Streams, yeah, the streams you're going to get aren't going to be enough to be a good return on that investment, right? Yeah. Because, like you said, it's going to become a Drake song. Like that's just how that works. So, well, here's a song I, I saw. Uh, I was listening. To, I didn't listen to the entire project, but uh, a rapper named Tusi dropped in album, and he has a uh, the baby feature. And I, I I went to it. and I listened to it, and I was like, Nah, dog, <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> like, it's not terrible, but it's just now that number's in my head, and I'm just like, You didn't get your money's worth. You could have you could have saved that money and got a better verse from a more talented artist. Like, it might not have been as popular. Like, they got my stream because I saw the baby. So I'm like, all right, let me see what he's got. 
but I only went there to see like, is this verse worth anything? And it's not really. And I hadn't even heard about it. Like I just happened to come across that album. So 300K for uh, the baby verse. I feel like there's a lot of, like, I feel like who's someone that's up and coming that could command $300,000, like not Nikki or Drake or even like Big Sean. Like, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm trying, I, I think if you got, um, the entire Griselda, I think that's worth three hundred thousand dollars. Like if you got Benny, Westside, and Conway on a song, I think that would be worth three hundred thousand dollars for sure. But they're gonna they're gonna yeah. wrap your ass into the ground though. Like you're gonna be done. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to probably jump in the middle and be like, "Oh shit, was that one of Griselda?" Nah, that was me. It's like, oh, okay, that nah, was correct. Yeah, you have to just sandwich you in. But kind of the pivot, well, good transition. Not that it was on the list, but there's another verse tonight, right? between Escape and SVW, or SWV, I'm sorry. And there was one tweet they put out that told me that nobody's gonna pay attention to this shit. So two things, uh, one of the members of one of the groups, and first of all, shout out to Tiny for tweeting through that whole sex slave, sex thing her and T.I. were going through. Shout out to her for tweeting through that because that shit came and went. I was like, yo, y'all really just gonna let this slide? So. Um, one of those groups reported to TMZ that, oh, even though we used the, the I think it was SWV uh, used the human nature sample for one of their songs. And they're like, oh, you know, even though this is going to be controversial, we're still going to play the song. And that right there told me one of two things. They said it to TMZ. That told me, A, they need like, they're like, yeah, we need people to come watch this because we're not getting a lot of buzz on the internet. So we're going to leak something stupid to TMZ because Ain't no artist cared about any canceled artists when they were doing verses. I've heard mad R. Kelly during these verses. Nobody cares. Why would anybody care about a Michael Jackson sample? Like, are you serious? So that already tells me this shit's probably not gonna do no type of numbers. And then I just saw that uh, Versus is to introduce via death pin on Twitter, a live voting mechanism. Oh Lord. So now it's gone from uh, friendly versus to now we're bringing it back to actual being a competition. So I've said this from the jump versus is only a competition when you don't like one of the artists, because it's just been a clown show outside of like the first couple. So now we're going to do like an American Idol style voting during these, these verses. And my thing is I get that they are a popular group to a section of Twitter or America, but if they were going to do this, they should have did this with like two artists that were kind of close like two bigger artists that it'd be kind of a close call to see who would win. For the voting thing? Yeah, because like at this point, it's going to be like whoever, whatever the most fans of the group or that's who's going to win. Like Nicki Minaj is not losing to anybody with that. Huh? Nicki Minaj, if they're doing voting, yeah, she she would not lose to anyone. Not Beyonce, not Chris Brown, not Drake, nobody. Like (laughs) a good one to bring the voting thing in would have been for like Gucci Man and Young Jeezy. Because that's like the entire city of Atlanta. There's a divide of who is the guy in Atlanta. So that would have been a cool thing to see, like, what the city says. Because the fan base is kind of split. With this, again, it's 90s R&B groups. I get it. 90s were a long time ago. I don't see this versus doing the type of numbers that they expect. That's why I think they leaked the controversy to TMZ that, again, I've heard mad R. Kelly songs. This isn't multiple artists. So this isn't Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isaac Brothers. Like this is 
not no disrespect to these the, these two groups, but they're not on that level. Like the Izzy Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire are an older group, or clearly an older group, an older act. But they have timeless, like time, timeless music to where it's just like you can play them around anybody at any time, and like people know them. Like these two groups, like there's a certain subsector of people that enjoy this these this music, like. I, I don't know. I mean, I I I applaud them for uh, doing something innovative, but like like we said before, I just feel like verses have has kind of gotten away from what it was. It just doesn't seem as organic anymore. Um, the stories seem a little bit more uh, scripted, I guess. You know, we have hosts there. I mean, live it, it is what this shit. Yeah, I mean they're, they're they're doing what they're trying to do, trying to get like sponsors and get money, get paid off of the stuff, which I I have no problem with that. But like we said before, like once outside opens up, like for for real, for real, like once because uh, Conway's going on tour, I think this summer. Uh, I think Bruno Mars is doing something in Vegas in the summertime. So when these things start to happen, what happens with verses? What's keeping me inside to like I'm not going I'm not going to the Waffle House to watch the verses. Like I'm not doing that. That's it's kind of weird, actually, but it's not that entertaining to where I need to take this with me outside. Yeah, that is true. So I mean, hopefully the numbers, hopefully they're getting paid. That's that was the theory on uh, Joe Budden is that when it first started that they were actually paying the big name artists to come out there and do this, and then low key already like the whole thing low key has been staged, but I guess they just staged it better when Apple was kind of running it. And they're paying bigger artists to do this. And his theory is in order for this to survive, we're gonna have to crack the bank open to get in order for me to stay home to lock my eyes into this, they're gonna have to do better than uh SWV and escape. What's, what's who what's the floor? Who's the floor that'll keep South Breeze inside to watch? Uh because I feel like they, I feel like it already happened. I feel like it was it was ludicrous. Ludicrous liaison versus two. She did ludicrous, ludicrous with Nelly. I feel like that was the floor. Like they have to do better than that to keep you. Okay, so I think if they okay, I'm gonna give them a free idea. Give me my money if this happens. (laughs) I have a lawyer. Shout out to Michael Ann, a graduate of the University of Florida. She's a legit lawyer. We will sue. She's my representation. (laughs) Go Gators. But what versus or Triller should do is do a, a voting bracket, say, hey, uh, unless it's like definitive who won, there's some that you don't have to vote on, but do a bracket on Twitter or whatever platform you want to use, pick the winners of each versus, and then do like an NCAA style tournament and then pair those people up. So say like Rick Ross won his versus and shit, who else won? Who else definitively won? The dream. I think Ludacris Right. Ludacris. Yeah, so then do do a winner's bracket versus. So yeah. do the dream of Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? But don't make it stage. Like, have them pick songs and be legit. Like, I don't want them in person if they don't have to. Have it doing the old school. But do a winner's bracket of the versus because you're bringing the big artists back in. Now you have more, you know, ability to talk about new shit. Like, all right, cool. Rick Ross killed it. Now let's see how you can do against the dream who destroyed Sean Garrett the pin. Something like that. That'd be that'd be that'd be something that I would be semi interested in. So speaking maybe, of like, so now you have the voting form. You have the voting mechanism now. Maybe throwing a couple other things. Maybe have a time limit so it's not just going on for hours. Have them show up on time. That would be great. 
something like that. That's a great idea. So going back to like the whole like how much you pay for a feature verse from a certain artist, how much do you think would cost for for Drake to do this from his house? Not wherever they stage it at, not in Atlanta or in some studio in LA. For him to do a versus from his house, how much do you think that they would have to pay him? And why is it over a million dollars? I don't know. That's a good question because I don't, I don't think a million dollars is enough. But again, I also don't think Drake is commanding that type of attention. Like wow. when he did, for our talking verses? about who's he doing the verse? Oh, okay. It doesn't matter who he's doing it against? Because I'm watching it. It It doesn't matter who he's doing it against. No, it does. If they they did, yeah, it does matter. If it's Drake versus... If it it was Drake versus, like, Kanye... uh, You're watching that. I'm definitely watching that. But see, that's that one would have to be, like, a... That's competitive. I wouldn't mind if that one was a long event. If that was, like, five hours and Kanye West is going into, like, how he did some of the production and shit like that, I would watch that. All right, all right. Drake, Drake versus Lil Wayne. Would you watch? You're not watching that. I feel like that'd be too friendly, though. Honestly, but I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're getting you're getting hot boys, Lil Wayne too. You get you get his whole career. I just don't. I, I, I mean, if we're I, talking I, about Drake's, if we're talking about Drake's price, they they would have to pay Drake a lot of money to. to I, I I don't. See, I feel like he feels he's probably <laughs> unless it was like a top artist. Like there's layers to the Kanye West shit. That'd be like kind of like if they could somehow finesse like a Drake. And again, it doesn't matter about the hits. If they could finesse a Drake versus Pusha T, I'm paying. I'm I'm paying for that. <laughs> if I gotta subscribe, I'm paying for that. I don't even care. I know Pusha T's gonna lose. Yeah. Same with Gucci Man. It wasn't it, with Gucci Man. It wasn't about the the songs. It's the one. Gucci it's the one no, song. Yeah, he had no intentions of even attempting. <laughs> To win in public opinion for that verse, he was there for one reason and one reason only: smoking that pookie load. No, I mean, Gu- Gucci what? won in public opinion. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the he won. Public opinion, Gucci won. <laughs> he won that yeah. one. But yeah, push they They'd one. have to give. They would have to give Drake like a share of Triller in verses. He had to be like a part owner of that shit. Like, I don't see how you don't think. Win. I don't think. I don't. I don't understand why you think Drake wouldn't draw that kind of a number though. You don't think he'd have like the biggest like I think the biggest was he battles. That's the thing. If this is a trash matchup then I'm like all right well I know what's finna happen. He's gonna play a bunch of hits. I can do that on my phone right now. Well he's obviously he's not gonna it's not gonna be like you know Drake versus Cordae or something like that. It's going to be somewhat competitive but like I think the highest ranking one was Brandy and uh Monica. Like that was like I think when you talk about streaming and Instagram and um, Facebook, I think it was like over 7 million views. You don't think Drake is doing that? No matter who he goes up against? At least at the beginning. Like at the beginning is when you get the, the, the highest, like you get the peak number of people in there. Like the first like five songs is when it's at the, its highest. You don't think Drake is getting 7 million? I mean, the angels do show up. I'm just saying like, I'm sure you would. I'm just saying, like, I don't know what the price you're gonna pay him to show up. But I don't. I don't know if he. I mean, he doesn't need to do it. Obviously, like, he could clearly just do this on his own. Like, he and he doesn't need, you know, to do the streaming thing. Like, he doesn't need streams. I mean, but 
if I'm if I'm Triller and I want to keep this thing going after the pandemic is over, you're gonna have to crack open a big for some of these bigger artists. You're gonna have to do it, and some of these are you're gonna have to convince. Like, how do you convince Kendrick Lamar to do this? Someone who's not, you know, someone that wants to be on the internet like that. How do you convince J Cole to do this? How do you how do you convince Nicki Minaj to do this? How do you convince I mean, Travis Scott to do this? <laughs> like they. It, well, I feel like Travis Scott would do it just because he's all about marketing and branding, even though he allegedly said he's not about that or doesn't care about that anymore, even though he had you like have McDonald's. McDonald's. You have McDonald's. You have multiple three people. Yeah, I think he would do that. But I think this could, what would be smart is to turn this into a rollout for artists. Well, they try to do that because artists were dropping music. So I guess they tried that. But they have to be very creative. Like maybe like, hey, I don't know. You can get an early link to my show this coming to your. I don't know. Yeah, they'd have to really finesse this to make it worth the top people's while. Make it a make it a uh, they could bundle it like whatever. However many views are in your verses, that counts as so many album sales. Like that would yeah, probably get someone to do. Like you could go platinum off of verses or something. I don't know. I, I can see I can see that coming down the pipe. Definitely can see that coming down the pipe. But yeah, I we'll see. Again, if they could finesse Kanye to do a versus or like Pharrell to do a versus, that's gonna bring people inside. That's that would be that'd be the one. Pharrell Pharrell versus Kanye would be like the verses of all verses. And no no, excuse me. The Neptunes versus Kanye West would be the verses of verses. Would it be Pharrell and Neptunes or just the Neptunes? The, Nep- the Neptunes. Give me, give me. Okay, damn. Okay, so we're gonna do this. I think, I, I think, yay, still. I think, that. I think it would have to. I think it would be. There would have to be some rules. But the thing with the, the thing with verses is, it doesn't matter as long as your name is in the credit somewhere, then you can play it. To make it, I think, somewhat more competitive, just to kind of show the range of what you know Kanye West and the Neptunes have done. I would make them just only pick songs that they produced, not songs that they were featured on. So like Kanye West can he can play like Ain't No Love or uh um Stand Up or something like that, and the Neptunes can play whatever song they play, they they produce. Not not Pharrell produced, produced by the Neptunes, stuff like that. You could do like five separate verses off of those two. Yeah, you could that like songs they produce for R and B artists. So what they could, so another idea, once everybody's vaccinated, do live versus with people. Like small, intimate settings, they'd have to charge out the ass for tickets, but shit, if I could go see Pharrell and Kanye West live, talk about beats and stuff like that, I go, I pay whatever. Well, not whatever, but I pay a decent amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be kind of cool. Like a ticket price, like whatever a ticket price is, it seems pretty good. I need some chairs. Yeah. Though. I need some chairs though. Would an arena be? I still think if it was an arena, like arena prices, I still think I'd do it. You still got the screen; you could hear everything. It'd be it'd still be a cool environment to be in. So I, I think I could. I think I'd do that. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, shout out to Triller. Definitely send us a check for all the free ideas we gave you. Um, one artist that you said would be hard to pull to versus is J Cole. He dropped a track off his forthcoming album. I think it was called The Interlude or something like that. 
I listened to it one time. And if this was supposed to get me excited for a J. Cole album, failed miserably. I'm about to run it back a couple more times, but eh, it wasn't it for me. But again, I listened to it once, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But this this wasn't exciting me for J. Cole music. Yeah, this was not a... I didn't want to really like talk about it too much on Twitter because I know how how it can be when uh, certain artists drop new music like J. Cole, Drake, and Kendrick, Nicki, Beyonce, Jay Z. Like it gets picked apart to death, and their stands just hype it up to a point where you can't even like get on Twitter without seeing someone say it's like a great classic song. And this song was not that. And I feel like I feel like. J. Cole is doing something where he's going to try to make it seem like he's smarter than everybody by putting out an interlude as a single that isn't actually a single. And like he's trying to, he's, and, it, and it's hard to judge the song because it's an interlude. Like it's not a full song. Like we, we've listened to albums before. You know what an interlude is. It's just something just to get you by, something real quick and easy. It's not like a full on, like whole song. And we also don't know what song came before it, and we don't know what song is coming after it. So we don't know how it's going to transition. So it's hard for me to judge an interlude as a single. Me, I'm not putting this out as a single. This is not a song that's getting me excited for any type of album because of production. And this is, I feel like a broken record when it comes to this. But J. Cole, his production is not great and it's not on par with an artist of his caliber. And I looked at who produced it. It was him and T-Minus. T-Minus is pretty good. He produced uh, Middle Child, which is a which is a great single that you could put out. But the production on this, it sounds flat. Like the soul sample is cool, but it still sounds flat. The, the drums and the snare just don't really hit like that. It's, I know, I know people are going to get on it, but like Big Crit could have did a hell of a production with that. Like he's, really good at the soul samples with the drums and me like he can really do that and he's it probably costs less than three hundred thousand dollars and i don't know i just feel like a lot of people hyped up that that nipsey and pipsy bar at the end like it wasn't like i thought so i think you sent the tweet to the group chat what i saw you said timberland retweeted i assumed that he was going to be doing the production in my brain I think he's doing maybe, it on that on the album or the mixtape or whatever project this is for. But this he didn't produce this song though. Okay. He's still hoping that J. Cole uses it, which is which is absolutely crazy for Jermaine Cole to be like, Yeah, I got this beat from Timberland. I'm not sure if I'm gonna use it though. Cause I got cause I got beats too, you know what I'm saying? Like I make my own beats, so I mean let me see what my beats sound like before I see what this Timberland beat hitting for. Like, who the fuck do you think you are, man? You're J. Cole. That's Timbaland. Timbaland is a top five producer ever. Hmm. Ever. In top 10 oh, producer oh, ever. Top <laughs> five off the stretch. I think he's top, he's he's top five. He's probably top five. He's like six or seven. Whatever. He's an all-time producer. Like, he's been producing hits for over 30 years. You're J. Cole. You're not that type of producer. Like, you're... At, on your best day, you're an average producer on your best day. And you're telling me you have to weigh the pros and cons between having 
production by J. Cole versus production by Timberland, that's the shit I have a problem with. I have a problem with that. But I've said this from the jump with him on this podcast as far as with J. Cole. Yeah, he's probably looking at it from a financial aspect. Like, yo, I can pay Timberland an ass load of money for these beats, or I can make these beats myself. But if it's right, a hit, if it's and a still, hit, and still and still go platinum with no features, right? It don't matter, man. It I don't matter, matter no more. I can still go platinum with my own beats versus paying an arm or leg for Timberland beats. We're like, rewarding. We are rewarding bad behavior. We're in a panorama. We had to save. We had to pinch pennies. That's what we're doing at this. That's what we're doing at this point. We're rewarding bad behavior. And I saw a video of J. Cole actually talking about it. He talked about, like, three weeks before Nipsey Hussle passed, they talked about, like, working together. He was like, man, I don't have a song with Nipsey Hussle. Like, this is crazy. We should work together. The reason why we didn't work together is because me, J. Cole, was being secluded and burying, burying myself off from other rappers and not collaborating with other people. And guess what happens? Nipsey Hussle is gone now. Now I can't do it because of my own selfish arrogance. Now that like, that's probably a classic record right there. You put a Nipsey verse on your on your album, it's gonna do something. You put a Timbaland beat on your album, it's going to do, it's going to make your album better. I'm sorry, like, yeah, if you wanna save money at the beginning of your career, you've been rapping for over 10 years on a major label. Like you've done, you've done made money off of your albums. You don't need like, your budget shouldn't be that. Like it shouldn't be. Oh, I need a penny pitch, so I'm just gonna do the production. It can't be that. Or get someone from Dreamville. You don't have anybody on your roster that can produce. Give someone a chance here. I feel like they should. <clears throat> and you know, and I'm a, I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna call out Ocho because I saw it. I saw it the other day, and actually, it was him. Somebody else. I I, I should have saved his ad, but there's there's a lot of people. That have like it's not like an anti-Kendrick uh propaganda thing going on, but all I know is that when J. Cole announced like he was dropping a project in two weeks, he said it last week, so it's coming out next week. He said, I'm announcing a project. The number one trending topic was Kendrick. Because people are like, Well, Kendrick's not dropping Kendrick, blah blah blah, Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick. J. Cole puts out a song, y'all are talking about Kendrick. Let this self-proclaimed legend get his own shine let him have a day without y'all talking about kendrick stop putting him in the conversation with kendrick listen to the project listen to the single and talk about him why are you talking about kendrick kendrick hasn't put out anything in almost five years but when j cole puts out something the first rapper you want to talk about is kendrick that don't seem weird to you as a fan as a like j cole is your goat but when J. Cole puts out a single, oh, let me get my Kendrick takes off. Let me talk about how Kendrick ain't relevant, even though you've been doing that for the past five years and running. Like, we get it. We get it. So there's people that don't like Kendrick Lamar, and that's cool. But when you're talking about how J. Cole is better than Kendrick, J. Cole got more hits, J. Cole got more slaps, whatever, whatever. When J. Cole drops a song and all you can tweet about is Kendrick, come on, man. You got to be better than that. Just a little bit. Like, like if, Be- if Beyonce puts out a song, if Beyonce puts out a record, I'm not tweeting about Sierra. I'm sorry. I'm, tw- I'm tweeting about Beyonce. Jay-Z drops a record. I'm not tweeting about Twister. Like, make it make sense. Yeah, I'm never tweeting about Sierra because I have her blocked. But um, <laughs> speaking of the whole relevancy, uh, today, 18 years ago, 
Joe Budden released Pump It Up. Shout out to Rev. So wow, good for him. He said he's still getting checks off that too. Oh, for sure. He better be. Jesus. But and honestly, like I know there's this whole like thing with me and J. Cole on the internet where people think I actually hate him. I do not hate J. Cole. Like J. Cole was the first person I followed on Twitter. J. Cole, I was on him on his mixtapes. Like the warm-up Friday Night Lights, all that stuff. That's when I was listening to J. Cole. I started to falter on J. Cole really early, like off his first album, because a lot of the songs were from his mixtapes. So I was like, okay, well, he's gonna be like one of those artists that just just can't do commercial or you know, put out a full-length album or a project or whatever. Then Born Center came out, I was back on track, and then he just kind of veered and like the power trip thing, the power trip song with Miguel. He wanted to sing that. J. Cole wanted to sing the hook on that song by himself. He played that song for Jay-Z. Jay-Z's like, yo, Miguel would sound great on this song. And he had to convince J. Cole to put Miguel on that song. Imagine what Power Trip is without Miguel. It's not Power Trip. It's probably not a single. And like we lose an all-time great song. That's what happens. So I'm wondering, like, where has Jay-Z been since that day? Why aren't you why aren't you listening to some of his projects and being like, you know what? I know you and Wale are cool. He would sound good on this song. You and Kendrick are cool. He would sound good on this song. You have an artist on your roster that is a that has potential to be a great rapper, J.I.D. Put him on something so we can make some money off of him at least. And J. Cole's like, nah, I'm just going to do it myself. I got it. I'm going to carry this whole project myself. I don't care what you think, Jay-Z. I don't need to work with Nipsey Hussle. I'll do it later. Like, it's arrogance. Like, and I want I want him to be a better rapper. I want him to put out a classic album. I want him to do that. And he's not going to be able to do that. Writing every bar and producing every beat, it's not going to happen. You're not that guy. Sorry. We'll see what this project looks like. I'm going to listen to it, but I don't know if I'm going to run to this. But again, another smooth transition to our last topic of not being who he is supposed to be or going to be or want to be. Anywho, uh, Mark Grayson, Invincible. He is not Omni Man. (laughs) No. Omni Man wanted nothing more for his son to grow up to be just like him. And as this excellent, excellent show rolled out. We saw that that is just not going to happen. Maybe it will. I haven't read the comic, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I saw before the show came out, I saw somebody, you know, reading the comic and they was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I was like, all right, whatever. And then I saw somebody tweeting about it like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw the advertisement while I'm on other apps watching the anime or whatever. I'm like, all right, I really don't like American cartoons just because the animation is poor and the story is usually poor. But I saw a video. I was like, all right, well, let me see what happened with it. So I started with the first episode, like, as you should. Duh. But I'm not going to lie. Are we doing spoilers or no? Oh, yeah, we're doing spoilers. Like, if you okay. haven't watched Invincible, just end the podcast here because this is the last thing we're talking about. But once you do come back to this, um, so I watched it. I was like, all right, man. Like, again, superhero show. There's only so many ways you can remix superhero shows. It's like the same thing every single time. Somebody gets powers or from another planet, yada, 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 
yada, same song and dance. So Mark Grayson's the protagonist. He's the son of Earth's greatest hero, Omni-Man, the protector of Earth, essentially Earth Superman, you can look at it. Um, and Mark does not have any powers yet. So right around his 18th birthday, he finally realizes he has powers. Cool. Tells his parents everything is good. So the first episode was 47 minutes long. And probably for the first 45 minutes, I'm like, all right, man, like this is this is all right. Like this isn't again. I watched a lot of anime. The stories are way better. The animation is way better. I'm just like, all right, man, like <sighs> whatever. I'll see what's up in the next episode. And then like the last two minutes happened. So if you watch Invincible, literally you can see like the line of demarcation where people are hooked in Invincible. Yes. That last post-credit scene or whatever that shit was, that's actually the clip I saw on Twitter. I didn't really understand the reference to it. Like I saw it, I didn't really pay attention to it. I, just, I was like, whatever. I, I saw the I saw the clip. I when I the part that I saw, I was like, okay, so that's the bad guy. You know? And I hadn't started the show. So Imagine my surprise when I started. They're like, oh, this is a superhero. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, because they're fighting together. So the, the infamous scene is where Omni-Man lays waste to the Guardians of the Globe in the most, like, grotesque, violent, vulgar way as possible. Like, smashing people's heads, eyeballs popping out, blood splattering everywhere. He chopped off the immortal's head like it was a, a piece of butter. I was like, dog, like, how you the immortal and get wasted, bro? Like... That doesn't make any sense. Multiple so he, he clapped. He clapped essentially the Avengers on Earth by himself, right? And this becomes like the big mystery of the show. It's like, yo, why did why did he do this? Like, why did he why did he destroy all well, of this? No, they they didn't they didn't know at first. Like, because the theory that I heard is that um, if you watch the fight, like the the other what were they called, like the Guardians or something, the Guardians wow. of the Globe. Guardians of the Globe, yeah. So there's a lot of like riffs on like Marvel and DC stuff in here. Um, they said that Omni Man could have easily just gone in there and just laid waste to everybody and not have broken a sweat. Like just have just got them all out the paint easy. But he made it look like he got beat up. Also, like he ended up in the hospital after his fight. They made it just he made them like beat him up a little bit so he would end up in the hospital. So when they did find all the dead heroes. And then they find him. They're just like, okay, well, someone else did this, and we need to figure out, like, trying to kind of getting the heat off of him at the beginning at first. And then, you know, the people found out. So I, I was looking up some stuff on the internet a little bit because I don't want to go too far ahead. Like, I kind of want to enjoy this show without knowing anything. Um, but I did look up a little bit of stuff. They said, I guess, in the comic, he he didn't really let them beat him up. Oh yeah, in the comic, he just came through and he just, just ran through the cats. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, what I'm you want to do, butter? So yeah. So that kind of starts the uh, the the show, and then um, it, it progresses forward. Mark starts to discover his powers. He learns, you know, his dad starts teaching him about his powers. Uh, they start to form the new Guardians of the Globe with the young heroes. Not really important. It seems like one of the leaders of the the new Guardians of the Globe, Robot, seems he's a, a villain at some point, but he's he's not really. He's just taking advantage of the villain's technology to create himself a new body, which you come to find out later. Um, I mean, everything up until that point is kind of just whatever, whatever. Mark starts dating old girl. Shout out to this show for really being inclusive. Like they got black people, white people, Asian American people, gay people, straight people. Like even like the background characters, I said this before, everything is very diverse 
in the show. So that's pretty cool. Because typically, you watch the superhero show, superheroes gonna be like a, a white male, blonde hair, blue eyes, that type of stuff. So shout out to them for actually mixing it up if you're not paying attention. Um, I guess outside of like maybe the first and last two episodes, my favorite episode would probably be uh, episode five, where he is uh, helping the rock guy rid out that other fake Iron Man looking villain, the black dude. Mm -hmm. And the plot twist at the end of that, where he's like, hey, man, I got to do what I got to do for my family. and just take over and shit. And they all used Battle Beast. That man earned that name. Jesus Christ. He he punished everybody. Like he was like the Omni Man in that room, just clapping everybody's cheeks. It was disgusting. He was like, he was like, it wouldn't be worth killing you guys because I'm better than this. Like, it's not even worth my time. Like, I thought I would have to like struggle to fight you guys, and it's not that. Yeah. I'm not sure what my favorite episode was. I I it, honestly, it might have been the first one just because of, like, even though I kind of saw some, I knew that something at the end was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I didn't know it was going to be that graphic. Like, I've never seen on any cartoon people get killed in that manner. Like, he, like, ripped someone's head off, cut someone in half, smashed someone into the ground to where their face explodes. Like, he's doing... Omni Man is a savage, <clears throat> to say the least. Yeah, he's different. He's he's, like, definitely, he's definitely about that life. Like that man wants all the smoke. You want smoke with him? He's going to give you smoke. If you avoid the smoke, he will find you and give you that smoke. If someone saves you from the smoke, if he wants you to have that smoke, he <laughs> he is going to give you that smoke. Like the last episode, like he just perceived, like he just whooped his son's ass. For 45 minutes, just nonstop. And then in the process of that, process of that, he was like, so you don't understand what I'm doing? Let me go kill 500 people in front of you. You don't understand still? Let me kill 40 more people in front of you. Like, you need to get it in your, get it in your head, Mark. These people are worthless. That man was sick. That man was yeah. sick. I was like, you know what? And I, I was like, damn, I, I feel like I know where Omni Man, I know where his, uh, Political allegiance is locked. <laughs> After, you know, Mark did his thing, saved the black fighter pilot. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a lot of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, he's like, hey, man, I almost died. You saved me. And then Omni Man pulled up and crushed his head like a grave. I'm like, damn, dog. Like, black lives don't matter, dog. Like, you was going to clap the man like man. that. Like, he, he had a family. Do that. Like, well, the subway <laughs> scene. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah, that was that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, you have to be sick in the head to be like, yeah, you're going to have to watch this. Like, this is what you're fighting for. You're fighting for nothing. He, for called, his, he called his wife a pet. Yeah, he, he could say that. But <laughs> Debbie, Debbie obviously has that, that walk because you made this man forget his whole mission for at least, what, almost 20 or 18 years? Oh, Had a family. Well, you said he was, he was writing novels. Yeah, yeah, writing books with a sweater vest on. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm gonna give Debbie some credit. She might have been a pet, but obviously she was a little more than that. And I, I have a theory that this this war could be saved. We just send Debbie to uh, Vil- Viltrum, Viltrum. Mm. Let her, uh, you know, slut her out on Viltrum, and she can, you know, put all, you know, whip all the men. Yeah, they ain't ready for that mouth. That's a leap mouth right there. 
Debbie, Ma- Debbie might have the, the greatest, you know, WAP in the galaxy. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious to how people, how are people finding this comic book? Like, how old is this comic? Because I've never heard of this comic book. Like, and I'm not, I'm not in the comic book world. So maybe if people are in that, they kind of know like what's the new hotness. Like, what's the one you want to watch well, or read? I think it's more. I don't think it's a comic. I think it's a graphic novel. Or same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, but it's I mean, the same thing. No, no, but I'm saying with, with comics, there's when you think of comics, you're thinking of the big heroes like Batman, Superman, Spider Man. No, I mean, but, but, who I've never heard of. And yeah, so, but I, I know that there's there's lesser known comic book characters out there. I would I would assume so. Like that's why I was kind of like, how are people finding this comic book or this graphic novel? And how do they have such a big following that it turns into an Amazon TV show? Like, it's it's. Do you watch The Boys on Amazon? Nah, I heard this is similar. Like, everybody told me, but I just never. asked. like, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it. I never watch. You should watch it. You should watch it. It's 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 just it's on par with. I think it's better. It's probably. Well, I'm not gonna say it's better, but it's on it's on the uh, same like kind of level as far as like anti-hero type deals, but. Like even that, that's based off of a graphic novel. Like who is, is this something that just Amazon is doing? Because this is something like these sh- these shows actually don't do great ratings wise compared to like shows on Netflix and uh, Disney Plus. But uh, Amazon is kind of going in like a different direction where they're going with the super ultra violent type content when it comes to superhero stuff and um, comic book heroes and like. People, you know, try to, you know, use uh, DC as an example of something dark, but DC isn't the boys and it's not invincible. Like, they're not going that dark and that graphic. Like, no one, like, you're not doing that with Superman. You're not doing that with Batman or any of these characters. So this, according to Amazon, this, the first graphic novel was published in 2006. Wow. Oh. So, but I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things like where technology gets better. Like maybe, maybe now it's there's an appetite for this type of content. Maybe before it's like maybe like in 2010, seeing somebody having their head smashed would have been kind of like yo, like that's a lot, that's a lot. Yeah, now it's like oh, this is a a Monday afternoon. Let's uh, watch these cartoons murder each other. <laughs> They got something on Netflix called Jupiter Legacy. I haven't. I, I put it on my list. I haven't watched it. But it just seems like Netflix, Amazon. I don't know if Jupiter Legacy is based off of anything or based off a comic book or graphic novel. But at least Amazon, they're just pretty much, it seems like they're just going back, finding somewhat popular comic book slash graphic novels and making it into a TV show. Like they got the money to do that, to like buy these things up and just be like, all right, well, we're just going to make this a TV show. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't expensive. I don't, maybe they didn't give, yeah, I hope they didn't give it the rights, but. I mean, they had a vision. They they put together an all star cast. Oh, great cast! They have a lot of good yeah. people in there. I, I was actually I was looking at it just now. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew they had some pretty heavy hidden names on there, but I didn't realize they had like, like they have an all star cast of voice actors. Where where's the, uh, the list? I know Mahershala Ali was in. He was the uh, the rock guy. Yeah. Oh man, I just had a very good list. Give me two. So okay, item B D. Da, 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 da. 
All right. We got... Don't care about that. Don't care about that. All right. So Marcus Stephen Ewan, the Asian guy from The Walking Dead, his wife or his mom, Debbie, is Sandra O oh from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, his dad, Omni Man, Nolan Grace, is J.K. Simmons. He plays uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the live action Spider Man movies. I don't know who Amber's character is. Never heard of her, but she might be famous. Zazie Beats. Monster Girl, don't know her. I'm going to stick with the big names. So Cecil Stedman is uh, done by Walter Goggins. And he plays, uh, damn, he plays one of my favorite characters on The Shield. <laughs> Your favorite? He was funny. He was he, <laughs> Anytime it was like an extremely Southern person, it's probably going to be played by Walton Goggins. You understand. Uh, let's see who else we got. Um... I had John Hamm on there from uh, Mad Men. I never got into Mad Men. Mark never. Hamill does the voice of somebody for three episodes. Uh, yeah, the, the Taylor. The oh, guy that puts the two together. Mashallah Ali plays Titan. John Hamm plays Steve. Seth Rogen plays Alan the Alien. Hmm. Didn't know that. I'm supposed to be making that to a live action movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Invisible? Alan the Alien. Just that show, just that character, I guess. I don't know. That's what they said. Seth Rogen, is a, he's a producer on this show. I mean, I guess this is successful enough. They can make it happen. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of big names on this. So. Um, Lenny James plays Darkwing from one episode. He's the... Uh, black Lenny, dude from The Walking Dead. Yeah, black dude from Walking Dead, British cat. Oh, he's from Debian. Wow. Oh, but he grew up in South London. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, everybody's uh, getting a bag off this, so I'm excited. You can, do, you can do this from home. Yeah, you can. I think, well, I did see them in the studio doing some things, but. Oh, that's whack. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so the last episode is kind of the most. Last two episodes kind of open up the story a little bit more. Because I knew there was something shady about the story with him coming to Earth and coming to protect it. My theory, I guess, was like. I can't, I don't, I think I did say that he was coming there to take over. Because there's no reason why you'd kill all the other superheroes. Like, you wouldn't need to protect the Earth by yourself. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I knew that whole story is a bit fugazi. So in the end, he reveals that, hey, we take over planets and we bring them into the Filtramite Empire or whatever. So I don't know what that entails. Like, does that mean you have to kill everybody on Earth? Or like, I they didn't really, unless I missed that part. Like, you just, you just, you're pretty much just servants to them. You just fall in line, do what they tell you to do, and it seems about it. You like, you're under their control. It could have been a decent gig, like as long as you're not. Doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, as long as you're not like, killing everybody. Like, yeah, man. Sometimes Follow you got to yeah, send some taxes up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Buy a couple shit houses from. Them, I don't know, but. Yeah, they said uh, they said it gets pretty lit. Like, I guess one of the characters is like anime reference is supposed to be like the Broly of the story in that universe, and I think it's supposed to be Omni Man's dad, one of the older Vilshamites they show, one of the top people. So they say it's supposed to get wilder and wilder. I almost want to read it. So, and let, Twitter's been pretty good with this. I haven't seen too many spoilers. From the comics because i don't think people are reading them yeah, yet i know, I know people are going to start looking them up and find them online 
and posting screenshots. And the first screenshot I see that's not of season one, I'm reading it because I hate spoilers. I'm, I'm just going to read it because I don't want to. I hate knowing what happens before it actually happens. So shout out to the, the whack ass people who spoil everything. But yeah, Invincible, I was present, pleasantly surprised how good it was. And I'm definitely excited for season two. So if you do like Invincible, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know why. I'm curious. I haven't heard anybody say anything bad. I've heard a couple of people say it's overrated or overhyped, but I'm like. It's not a hype it's, show. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. There's a lot of people like making jokes about it and stuff like that, but as far as like hype around it, it's not like like uh like a Disney Plus show is hyped. Like like The Mandalorian is a hyped show. Like not it's not overhyped and it's not hyped up because it's bad, but it's a show that gets a lot of attention, a lot of a lot of push from uh, a lot of people. Like there's I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot of people telling other people to watch it. It was just a lot of people tweeting about the show and then people watching the show not really knowing what it was going to be and like you said there was that line where people get to the end of episode one and they're just like oh shit like this is not what i thought it was going to be now i need to see what else happens here yep they got a pretty good story um <clears throat> before we wrap i'm gonna send you a tweet i want your reaction to it hold on god <laughs> Yeah, I feel like with this Omni, with um, Invincible, like especially with these um, TV shows. Oh no! Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. <laughs> delete that. What is yeah, I'm that? About, I'm about to delete that. I'm about to delete that. I don't. I'm not even reading that. I mean, I, but as soon as I saw the emoji, that was the first thing with my head. I'm like, yeah, man. This hey, they know what they're doing. That's sick, man. That is, is sick. sick. Uh, what was I gonna say? Like with these uh animated shows, like uh, it's based off of a comic book that you said came out in like what 2006, you said, or 2000? Yeah. yeah, season two need to be around the corner here. Like, you get you don't have to be in the studio, like, they don't all have to be in the same studio, they can go to whatever studios in their hometown. The animators can animate that shit from wherever they're at, and we need to get this ball rolling because uh. Well, Strike while they are time. Yeah, they already announced season two and season three. So yeah, like I know the 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 boys they 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 did season one, and I think like season two came out later that year. Like they got that ball rolling quick. Like Jeff Bezos don't play when he finds something good. He's like, oh y'all like this shit? All right, y'all get two weeks off and get back to filming. Like <laughs> I ain't waiting. Well, season two is already it's supposed to come out in twenty twenty two. So twenty twenty two. It's it's April or it's May. What's what? Okay, that's no, ain't no reason for that. That's just your come out on Thanksgiving. Maybe why they what are they waiting on? I like maybe they're just trying to get as much buzz as possible because like I still see people like every day, new people being like, Oh, I started Invisible episode one. Like, I see that every day on Twitter. Like, new people are starting to watch it. I guess they want to get as many eyes on it as possible. Maybe they're tracking some numbers somehow. I'm not sure, but oh, they're definitely tracking something. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm always seeing new people watch them. Like that's it's gonna be a lot to talk about. So they know they got a hit, so they're not really they're not really stressing about it. So it's not a rush. Yeah. But anyway, yep. This is episode fifty one point five. Uh, KTSE app definitely subscribe. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Hit us up on Twitter, South three seven zero six, and Marcus underscore Sniffle. 
uh, Shata, El Chapa, AC3 Savage, KJ Dallas Kid, Rev Run, Tribbles, everybody, Dirty Bird Nation Report. Anybody who just rocks with us, listen to us, jumps in the chat, interacts on Twitter, y'all real. Oh, shout out to Jay Free, too, because he always complains whenever I don't shout him out. Shout out to Jay Free. <laughs> yeah, shout out to everybody that interacts on Twitter, man. Like, the retweets and likes are, I don't, I'm not, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't care about those anymore. Like, I don't care. Like, if a tweet gets 50 retweets, but nobody, like, responds with, like, a a, a message or anything to it, it's it's almost pointless. Like, because it's like, I'm, we're trying to have, like, conversation dialogues and stuff like that, and it just... A retweet doesn't do that for me. Like I can't, I can't, I don't know what you feel or what you think about what I said by just retweeting it. Like just interact with us. Like fuck a retweet. <laughs> like yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about that next time. The whole like what Twitter is trying to do here because I'm I am on board with it. There we go. All right, we out. Peace. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.